The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our military who are joining the program from remote outposts over the Internet today and extend a special welcome to new listeners tuning into radio stations from coast to coast in all 50 states. Thank you for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, former Secretary of Defense, Director of the CIA, White House Chief of Staff, and Congressman Mr. Leon Panetta will be joining us to talk about growing tensions with North Korea and Russia, as well as the latest lone wolf ISIS attacks in Europe. But before Mr. Panetta joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Leon Edward Panetta was born in Monterey, California, and earned his undergraduate and law degrees from Santa Clara University. Shortly after law school, Panetta joined the United States Army, where he became an officer in military intelligence. Panetta's political career started when he became a legislative assistant to Senator Thomas Kegel, and later assistant to Robert Finch, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare under President Nixon. In 1970, Panetta went to work for the mayor of New York City, and then he returned to his home in Monterey to practice law. A year later, Panetta turned in his Republican ID card to become a registered Democrat, and by 1976, he was elected to the United States Congress. From here, Panetta went on to become chair of the House Budget Committee, director of the Office of Management and Budget, and White House Chief of Staff for President Clinton. In 2009, President Obama nominated Panetta to be director of the CIA, and he was easily confirmed by the Senate. But you may know Panetta best for his role as Secretary of Defense, as well as finding and eliminating Osama bin Laden. Though Mr. Panetta stepped down from his position in 2013, he and his wife, Sylvia Panetta, currently operate the Panetta Institute for Public Policy, a nonpartisan organization which encourages young people to enter public service, a worthwhile endeavor to which Mr. Panetta has devoted his entire career. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, former Secretary of Defense and Director of the CIA, Mr. Leon Panetta. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Panetta. Nice to be with you, Rebecca. If, if it's all right with you, I'd like to start with the growing threat from North Korea. This week, we learned that American college student Otto Wambier passed away because of being imprisoned and falling into a coma and then finally uh, being returned to the United States in a vegetative state. Now, when combined with known cyber attacks against U.S. corporations and the escalating nuclear weapons testing, there's, this seems to warrant some form of response. In your view, what is the appropriate action the United States should consider at this time? Well, you're right uh, that North Korea is, uh, you know, in a, in a very dangerous world uh, filled with uh, a number of flashpoints uh, is probably... Uh, one of the more serious threats uh, that we confront because of their missile development, because they have nuclear weapons, uh, because uh, they are a nation that uh, really does not respect uh, international rules. Uh, They have a leader who is unpredictable and uncertain. Uh, And when you put that all together, it obviously represents a great deal of concern, not to mention uh, the way they treated, uh, obviously, this U.S. citizen. Uh, and uh, there's not much question that whatever happened to him uh, happened while he was prisoner in North Korea. I, I, think, it's, I think it's important for the United States uh, to be very clear with North Korea that uh, this is unacceptable uh, to not only, uh, obviously, diplomatically uh, 
make protests uh, and uh, uh, condemn uh, what happened here. Uh, but I think in addition to that, uh, to take steps that uh, would increase sanctions against North Korea uh, and to get China to uh, agree to implement those sanctions as well, uh, to try to get China to put uh, additional pressure on North Korea uh, to uh, uh, basically recognize uh, the importance of abiding by international rules. Uh, and in addition to that, I think continuing to strengthen our military position uh, in South Korea, in that region, uh, in supporting both Japan, South Korea, and other countries uh, in the Pacific region uh, to make very clear that, uh, uh, that we are not going to tolerate uh, any kind of aggression uh, by North Korea. I think all of those steps are required uh, in order to, uh, again, uh, send a clear signal to North Korea that what they have done and what they are doing is unacceptable. Leaders on uh, both sides of the aisle seem to feel that China is key to containing North Korean aggression. But I wonder if this is realistic, uh, particularly given the fact that China and the U.S. aren't on the same page when it comes to Korea. The last thing China wants is a unified democratic Korea with U.S. troops on China's border. So how motivated do you think China is to rein in North Korea? Well, that's uh, that's the question that... Uh, uh, not only this president, but other past presidents uh, have been asking uh, for a long time. I think there was always a sense that uh, the one country that could really bring pressure on North Korea to uh, reform itself would be China. Um, but frankly, when you look at the history of what China has done, well, uh, occasionally as, uh, as the pressures increase, uh, they do try to bring uh, pressure on North Korea, it has not been very effective at changing the path that North Korea is on. Uh, and uh, it's for a lot of reasons. Uh, in particular, China uh, is not uh, interested in a in a unified uh, Korea. They, they don't particularly like uh, the regime uh, in North Korea, but at the same time, uh, they also uh, don't want to create greater instability on their border uh, they don't like them, but it's an enemy that uh, uh, that they at least know. And so uh, they really do hesitate to bring the kind of pressure that would be necessary to get North Korea to uh, change its ways. So, you know, we, we can continue to do it, and I think we should. I think we have to continue to make clear to China that they have some uh, serious responsibility here. But I think at the same time, uh, we've got to realize that uh, we need to increase uh, our military strength in that region. We need to increase pressures in other ways, uh, both overt and covert, to make clear that uh, we are not going to simply stand back and allow North Korea to proceed to threaten uh, the United States and other countries in the Pacific region. What about the idea that's been floated around that we do the exact opposite, that we withdraw U.S. troops in uh, in South Korea uh, in order to for China not to feel as though there would be a threat that the U.S. would expand should there be a unified Korea? Well, I, I think that would be a, a risk that I would not recommend we take uh, at this point in time. I mean, it's been 60 years since... Uh, you know, the uh, Korean War has ended. Uh, yes, I know. And, My father fought in the Korean War. Yeah, <laughs> he was an Air Force pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's been a long, it's been a long time. Uh, and very frankly, it's been a period where, you know, we've gone through uh, ups and downs with North Korea. Uh, there are periods of accommodation and then uh, periods where uh, we have had retribution and uh, uh, and and really threatened uh, the possibility of some kind of misjudgment that could lead to conflict. So we've gone through a number of those different periods. Um, but the reality is that the force we have in South Korea, our military presence there, the strength of South Korea, the strength of uh, Japan, and our presence in Japan as well, has acted as a very effective deterrence in terms of North Korea. Uh, the reality is that North Korea uh, has to think twice about taking any kind of provocative action, because if they do, 
it is the end of the regime, and they know that. And the only reason they know that is because of the strength that we have in that region. So I would, uh, I would not want to weaken that position at this point, particularly in light of the aggressive things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have to take our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back after these important messages with more from Leon Panetta. You're listening to the Costa Report. When I say Italy, what comes to mind? Venice. Capri. Oh my gosh, Capri was marvelous. The views, the cliffside views, or traveling to Sorrento. Pirello Tours. Oh, Pirello Tours, for sure. Pirello. Hi, I'm Steve Pirello of Pirello Tours. With over 70 years of tour experience to Italy, it's no wonder Pirello Tours is synonymous with travel to Italy. I think of the culture. And to walk up to certain areas and touch a wall and think, well, this wall's like 3,000 years old. Being on a Pirello Tour on our anniversary was better than anything I can remember ever on an anniversary. I personally approve every itinerary to ensure a stress-free, once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Salute! Call now for your free insider's guide to Perillo's Italy. Call in the next 30 minutes and qualify for a $100 gift card when you travel with us. Call 800-897-7176. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules, can stop the pain, and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m. I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m. I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m. I shower. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m. I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m. I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, mattress. Yep, bye-bye, mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So Bye Bye Mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit ByeByeMattress.com.
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former Secretary of Defense and Director of the CIA, Mr. Leon Panetta. And before the break, you were saying that the strength of the U.S. military presence in South Korea and Japan and elsewhere and the support of our allies has been a deterrent to North Korean aggression. But many experts feel that that deterrence is failing based on the fact that North Korea continues to pursue nuclear weaponry in spite of the severe sanctions and warnings. Well, again, I think it's, uh, it is important uh, once we have that strong deterrence in place uh, to begin to uh, push in other ways to try to see if we can't get North Korea uh, to move in a better direction. Uh, Look, uh, you know, we we are in many ways at a stalemate right now in North Korea. Uh, The fact is uh, that uh, we we could very well uh, wipe out North Korea uh, militarily, uh, but it would come at a pretty high cost. North Korea, uh, you know, Seoul is just 20 miles from the North Korean border. Uh, They would uh, clearly uh, go ahead and attack uh, Seoul. Uh, and create uh, huge numbers of casualties, not to mention the possibility of a nuclear war. I mean, we're talking millions of casualties in Seoul. That's correct. That's exactly right. And so uh, recognizing that, uh, you know, this uh, North Korea is is going to have to go in one of two directions. One, it will uh, either collapse uh, just because of uh, its inner weaknesses, which hasn't happened, uh, obviously, up to this point. Uh, Two, uh, that uh, uh, that North Korea uh, decides that it is going to negotiate uh, some kind of uh, freeze on its nuclear and missile capability uh, in exchange for some kind of economic aid. Uh, three, that uh, ultimately uh, uh, the uh, South Korea and North Korea uh, agree to uh, some kind of unification, which is still probably uh, a long shot uh, depending on on the situation in North Korea. Uh, and then lastly, that there's some kind of uh, conflict that takes place. So, you know, those are the options. And obviously, the, the, the most effective option at this point would be to try to do everything possible to move North Korea to the negotiating table to see whether or not we can find some kind of common sense approach to trying to resolve our differences. You mentioned sanctions a little bit earlier and stepping up those sanctions or, and possibly having China participate in the sanctions themselves. What, what do you say to folks that, that claim that economic sanctions make nations desperate and desperate nations do desperate things? Is there a point at which economic sanctions begin to backfire? Well, there's, that's been a longstanding debate uh, when it comes to the use of sanctions, uh, uh, on on the other hand, uh, the fact is that if you if you really have uh, enforceable sanctions in place uh, that uh, do squeeze a country economically, uh, and probably the example of that uh, is uh, the countries that joined the United States in implementing sanctions uh, on Iran. Uh, the reality is that that was a very effective set of sanctions that uh, clearly weakened. Iran's uh, economy uh, and force them to uh, negotiations. I think that uh, if the sanctions we have on North Korea, uh, that if China would abide by those sanctions, if they would implement them, since since they frankly are probably the the one supplier uh, of uh, assistance to North Korea, uh, that North Korea would be uh, in a much more difficult uh, situation. Uh, And uh, I think that would bring pressure on North Korean leadership uh, to uh, try at least to uh, explore the possibility of diplomatic negotiations. That's that's the one card that I think uh, could possibly move us towards some kind of negotiated settlement. I, I agree. I think if, you know, maybe if we can move China to just simply join other nations in uh, in adhering to similar sanctions, uh, that would probably move the needle a little bit. Um, although we can see that sanctions uh, have uh, can also backfire and have a tendency to cause these nations to, in some way, embolden them, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I mean, there's no question the Russian economy is in ter- terrific trouble. Uh, and uh, and, and I, I wonder, in your view, 
Is there a connection between that, the country's economic challenges that they're facing and their aggression in the Ukraine, the Middle East and elsewhere? Do you see a connection there? Well, there's no question that uh, there are economic pressures uh, on Putin uh, that uh, obviously have him concerned about what direction he has to go in in order to try to uh, maintain uh, some kind of, of stable economy for, for Russia. But I, I frankly think that uh, the main reason that we have uh, seen uh, Putin so aggressive uh, in going after Crimea, going after the Ukraine, uh, uh, taking uh, military forces into Syria and conducting uh, the kind of uh, huge cyber attack that was conducted on the United States uh, as well as other countries. I think it's because he senses weakness. Um, my experience is uh, Putin, if you're tough with Putin, if he knows there are lines that you will not allow him to cross uh, then you can deal with Putin. But if he senses that you're weak and that you won't respond, uh, then he will try to take advantage of that. And I think that is probably the biggest incentive uh, for why Putin has been as aggressive as he has. But you also know that when an economy is on its knees, uh, many times leaders rely on a sense of nationalism, national pride. Historically, this has been the case. And you have to wonder if as the uh, Russian economy is beaten up by international sanctions, whether these kinds of attacks are uh, sort of, uh, I don't know what, you know, engendering more nationalism, more loyalty to Putin. Well, let me put it this way. I'd feel a lot more comfortable about uh, a willingness to talk uh, about relieving sanctions if I knew that the United States uh, was drawing some very clear lines on Russian aggression. Uh, mm-hmm. that we, were, we had made very clear to Putin that we will not accept any further aggression with regards to the former Soviet Union states, that we will join with NATO. Uh, in opposing uh, that kind of aggression, that we will limit uh, their influence in the Middle East. Uh, If we take those kinds of tough stands to make very clear to Putin that we are not going to get pushed around uh, in the international arena, uh, then I think it could provide an opening in which to sit down and discuss with him uh, the possibility of relief on sanctions. But I would not do that without uh, taking some firm steps Uh, to draw lines on Russia uh, before we negotiate. Well, now, all of our intelligence agencies are in agreement that there is evidence, empirical evidence, that Russia attempted to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. Uh, Where do you draw the line on that, on something like a cyber attack and interfering with the U.S. election? Well, I think think that uh, uh, that... Is, uh, I mean, that's a pretty clear line. <laughs> that, that, that it's a very clear line. Uh, and I've been very concerned that we have not uh, clearly uh, said to the Russians that this kind of behavior is unacceptable. Uh, uh, neither uh, President Obama or, for that matter, President Trump uh, were that clear in denouncing what, trush, what uh, Russia was doing uh, and in saying to them, we will not allow you to conduct a cyber attack on the United States of America uh, that would interfere with our election process. Excuse me, Secretary, I have, uh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I have to go to a hard break, but we'll be right back. More from Leon Panetta. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. Scott, we keep hearing about the wines that are being developed in Monterey County. How would you describe the climate conditions for grapes? Monterey County has a lot of little pockets that give you the opportunity to grow a variety of grapes. It comes down to the match of location and climate with the varietal that you're going to grow. And where we grow in the Highlands, it's prototypical cool climate. We're even in the northern side of the Highlands. So that is ideal for both Pinot and Chardonnay. Chardonnay strives really well in a lot of our county, as well as Pinot. But I would say that this is the most optimal location. You get wind, you get sun exposure. The benches come off of the inland side of the coastal mountains. It's an optimal position. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website, caracciolicellars.com, or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, 
My days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Yeah, you, it's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us today, my guest is Mr. Leon Panetta. And before we went to break, you were making the point that you don't feel that the United States has been strong or clear enough with Putin that any interference in U.S. elections will not be tolerated. I apologize. I I had to take a hard break, but I wanted to offer you an opportunity to finish that thought. No, I I think that uh, what we have to recognize is that uh, what Russia did to the United States was to conduct a cyber attack on the United States of America uh, that went after our election process. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is an adversary. And for them to conduct that kind of attack that goes directly at our freedoms in this country and at our election process uh, is frankly, uh, as far as I'm concerned, an act of aggression against the United States of America. Uh, If uh, we were attacked in any other way by Russia, we would respond. Uh, And I think uh, in this instance, we were attacked, uh, admittedly using cyber attacks, but nevertheless attacked. And for that reason, I think uh, we have to respond in the sense of making clear that we will not accept this kind of behavior and that indeed we have the capability to respond in kind if we if we if we want to. So what is the remedy if Russia continues to meddle or launch cyber attacks? Do, do we launch our own cyber attacks? I mean, is there any chance that we're in fact retaliating against Russia in ways the administration has just chosen not to make public? Well, you know, I would, I would hope that we are, uh, because frankly, the best uh, defense to cyber is not just 
a good defense to try to prevent those kinds of attacks, but it's also having a good offense and the ability to, uh, in fact, uh, go after their systems uh, using our cyber capabilities. Uh, I don't know whether that's the case or not, but I would hope that we would be smart enough that if we are attacked, uh, not only do we defend against those kinds of attacks, but we make clear to them that we will use the same kind of technology to go after their uh, capabilities as well. So you would be in favor of a counterstrike of equal measure in terms of a cyber attack? I would be in favor of making very clear to the Russians that we're going to fight fire with fire. Well, that makes uh, perfect sense. In fact, that might make too much sense. <laughs> now, uh, now, switching gears again, uh, we've heard uh, testimony now from Comey and Sessions regarding the investigation into whether there was collusion uh, between members of the administration and Russia. And there have been some unusual revelations, uh, such as the instance when uh, the president dismissed others to speak to Comey one-on-one. But it's also clear that no one informed the president that this was not protocol. We, we now know that. Uh, am I wrong to suggest that uh, these some of these revelations could be painted either way? Oh, I don't think I don't think there's any question. I mean, one of the frankly, one of the concerns uh, I've had about uh, this White House is the fact that um, the president has not hired anyone in the White House. Uh, with uh, past White House experience or congressional experience, uh, that uh, the people who are in key positions have never had any experience uh, working in the White House or working in Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, I, I think if you're president of the United States, uh, you want to make sure that you're abiding by the law, you're abiding by the important uh, standards and procedures uh, that a president has to abide by uh, in order to not only protect the presidency, but to protect our country. Uh, and I just uh, I just have a feeling that he has not received the kind of staff uh, support that he should as president of the United States. I, I almost wish uh, President Trump would hire a White House docent or something to sort of <laughs> advise him on what is standard protocol. You know, you can't call the uh, the FBI director in uh, and excuse his boss and everybody else to have private conversations. I mean, when you walk into a new job, it's not clear uh, what is uh, protocol. You, you just don't really know. And I and I think that so much of this could could I think if it were a different type of president could be chalked up to just lack of experience. Well, Rebecca, you know, I uh, I work for uh, two presidents uh, and. Uh, one was a former governor of uh, Arkansas, the other uh, a former United States senator. Uh, they had some experience, obviously, in Washington. But I have to tell you uh, that they, too, uh, had a sharp learning curve in terms of the presidency uh, and the steps that they should or should not take. Uh, but they had a lot of staff support uh, to help provide that guidance. Uh, they were careful about uh, uh, about making sure that they were fully briefed. Uh, on the operations there and on the protocol that you should follow. Uh, and I think uh, it's important for this president, uh, in order to be able to do what he has to do as president of the United States, in the very least, he ought to have people around him that know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and and people that will speak up and be able to say to the president, this isn't standard and actually this is not appropriate. I, I think that it's very difficult sometimes when you have a strong personality as a boss to, you know, uh, there are other factors that, that come into play. And it's very difficult to say to your boss, you know, actually this isn't appropriate and this isn't how things are done. And uh, not everybody's comfortable doing that. And that was pretty clear, I think, in the Comey testimony. But let me ask you this. Where does this Russian investigation go from here? Because I don't really see any tangible, empirical, prosecutable evidence coming forward. I see a lot of things that don't sound right, but I, you know, I, I'm a technician. I'm a scientist by training. So, I, you know, I, I'm looking for that empirical data. Data, and I just don't find it. Well, I think it's uh, it's really going to be in the hands of the special counsel. I mean, I I know that there are committees uh, looking at uh, various issues here, but uh, frankly, I think it's really in the hands of the special counsel and the FBI uh, 
to uh, fully investigate uh, uh, all of the issues involved with uh, this Russian investigation. As you uh, were listening to the testimony, yeah, as you were listening to the testimony of Comey and Sessions and, and others, uh, was there anything that jumped out at you that, uh, that was particularly disturbing that I may have missed? Well, I, th- I think uh, there's no question that uh, the Comey testimony raised uh, questions about whether or not the president was trying to, in some way, uh, either suspend or interfere with the investigation that was going on. And that that clearly has to be investigated. I'm not saying that, it, in fact, uh, it warrants uh, any kind of action, but it needs to be investigated. I think the fact that there were a number of people that had uh, Russian connections and talked to the Russians for whatever reasons, uh, that has to be investigated as well. And in addition to that, I think uh, the whole Russian interference in our election process has to be investigated as well. So it's important for the United States uh, to be able to find the truth. Uh, that's what this is all about, and uh, we ought we ought to allow that process to proceed. Mm-hmm. But in your view, did anything rise to the level? I mean, because you are a not only an experienced a Washingtonian, right, an experienced leader and have had direct White House experience. You're also a lawyer. Did you find anything that rose to, uh, you know, evidence, the level of evidence? I, I mean, I, I, I really looked and I couldn't find anything. Well, you know, I, I guess you have to... Uh... Uh, determine whether or not uh, the evidence that was provided could be corroborated. I mean, the fact that uh, uh, the president... Well, we now know there's no tapes, (laughs) so I don't know how you corroborate. (laughs) Well, (laughs) frankly, that's another concern. I mean, I I do... I am concerned that uh, the president uh, who needs... I mean, the only coin of the realm in the presidency is the trust of the American people uh, and the ability to speak the truth to the American people. And when the president says he has tapes and then uh, a few weeks later says he doesn't have tapes, uh, when he says that uh, President Obama taped, uh, wiretapped him, and then uh, there's no evidence to support that, I just think that he's got to be careful because he is basically weakening his position as president of the United States by doing that. Well, he certainly likes to keep us guessing. We're going to take another scheduled break. When we return, we'll find out why Mr. Panetta is concerned that we may be turning into the United States of self-interest. You're listening to the Costa Report. From time to time, listeners ask me whether I believe we're on the brink of a massive unilateral social collapse. And if so, is there any hope we can avert it? While there's no quick answer to that question, there is an easy explanation, one you'll find in my book, The Watchman's Rattle. Get your copy today, because the sequel to The Watchman's Rattle will be coming out in just four months. So this gives you all summer to get ready for what comes next. That's The Watchman's Rattle, available at RebeccaCosta.com, Amazon, and bookstores everywhere. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call a place for mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A place for mom is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. 
So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee, and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call 800-257-2910. 800-257-2910. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, America. We need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Leon Panetta. Mr. Panetta, you recently wrote an editorial titled The United States of Self-Interest, which I personally found extremely moving. I I was wondering if you would mind telling our audience about that article and what compelled you to write it. Well, I always felt that my my first responsibility is... uh, director of the CIA and secretary of defense uh, was to uh, protect our country uh, and to defend our nation. And I believe that that's the first responsibility of a president uh, is to do that Uh, by providing a leadership in the world, by dealing with uh, a number of threats that are out there that we face uh, in a world that frankly, is probably as dangerous as I've ever seen it since the end of World War II. Uh, and the the responsibility now is to provide that leadership. And I get the sense that there's a, a sense of withdrawing from that world uh, into uh, what's been termed kind of Fortress America. Uh, and the reality is that we as Americans uh, stand for more than just uh, uh, kind of uh, facing our, our own selfish needs or greed. What we what we stand for is represented in the preamble to our Constitution, uh, which is that we are a country uh, that uh, believes in justice and a common defense, that we believe in, in the general welfare, that we believe in certain moral responsibilities, uh, that we believe in leading and I think we need to recognize that uh, if we are to deal with the threats that we're facing in this difficult world, that the United States has to provide that kind of leadership uh, if we're if we're to defend ourselves. So you don't want to see the United States uh, withdraw as a leader. On the other hand, the president ran on a campaign and won the election on a platform of putting America first. So I, I guess my question is, is that the same as self-interest, or is that a matter of not putting America in the position where we're sacrificing to our own detriment? 
I, I mean, there's there's a fine line there between leading the world uh, and picking up the tab for that, right, to our own detriment. And and, you know, and then on the other hand, looking out for our interest. And I wonder I wonder what that balance is. Well, I don't frankly, I don't think uh, that we have to choose between whether or not we're going to provide world leadership uh, and whether or not we're going to take care uh, of our own country. I don't think we have to make that choice. But I think we have been. We've been taking care of the world. And to some extent, look, look at the the debt we've run up. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's it's astronomical. That's an issue of leadership. Uh, it isn't an issue of uh, uh, of the United States having somehow to withdraw from its responsibilities uh, in order to uh, uh, somehow uh, be able to face the, the challenges we have here at home. We've had presidents like Ronald Reagan that have provided world leadership and at the same time dealt with the needs of our country. Uh, it's a question of leadership. Uh, it isn't a question of abandoning our responsibilities. So do you feel that the uh, the the troubles that we've had in the economy have been used as an excuse to or as a reason to withdraw from the world stage? I think the troubles we've had uh, in our economy and in not providing the kind of jobs that uh, a lot of Americans uh, felt they sure they were entitled to uh, was a failure of leadership. It was not a question of blaming the rest of the world uh, for for our problems. It's a question of whether or not we have the the ability to to deal with the challenges that we face here at home and at the same time. Uh, provide the kind of secure world that we need. I mean, after all, uh, the bottom line is this. If the United States is not providing leadership in the world, nobody else will. And we are the ones who will pay the price for that failure of leadership. We saw that happen in Iraq. Uh, when when there, there was no leadership uh, to deal with Iraq, ISIS developed and ISIS became a threat to our country. That means we have to go there and now deal with that threat. We cannot avoid uh, the threats to our national security by running and putting our head in the sand in this country. We've got to be leaders, not only in this country, but in the world as well. I want to point out that uh, your position was very strong about Iraq, that once we pulled out prematurely, it would leave a void, and precisely what did happen uh, was going to happen. That's right. I mean, you made this position very clear. I did. I did, and uh, you know, I think we we recognize that uh, the result is that we could not just run and hide from that responsibility because what happened was that uh, a, a terrorist offshoot of Al Qaeda, ISIS, uh, developed. They gained strength and they started conducting attacks in Europe and in our country. Um, so if, if, if we're willing to work with others, if we're willing to, you know, look, we can't take care of this by ourselves. We've got to be able to develop alliances. We have to work with our partners in the Middle East. We have to work with our partners in Europe and in Asia to be able to deal with the threats in the world that we face today. Uh, that means that whoever is president of the United States has to recognize that as commander in chief, his responsibility is to provide that leadership and not simply try to walk away from it. Well, that was uh, that was well said. I think a lot of people are 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 thinking that there's some choice here, right? It's either America first or America last. Yeah. But what I hear you saying is that Ronald Reagan provided a wonderful model where there's no reason that the economy can't prosper while we provide a global leadership. And if we don't, someone else will step in, which has been historically what the case is. I'm afraid we're just about out of time, Mr. Panetta, but before uh, I let you go, I do want to say that the Panetta Institute for Public Policy has a website can you tell us the website name? Uh, yeah, if you just look up uh, Panetta Institute, uh, you'll find our website. And what we try to do is inspire young people to get involved in public service. Uh, we think it's important for our democracy to make sure that young people participate. And I will tell you, you have a wicked lecture series, which I have to say, when I was living in Monterey, I never missed a single lecture. Fantastic. You had people from the left and people from the right. You put them on a stage and you let them talk. 
That's and it right. was a fabulous, fabulous lecture series. I'm afraid we are out of time, but before we say goodbye, let me take this opportunity to thank you and Sylvia for your lifetime of service to our country. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, and thank your listeners. Now, today we've been talking about leadership and surrounding yourself with the right people who have the right experience and talent to get the job done. So let me ask you a question. Where do you go to find yourself the people that you need to run your company? If you're shorthanded or you have a critical job to fill, what do you do? Well, that's where ZipRecruiter can help. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then powerful technology matches the right person to your job. And you can imagine how much time you save by posting your job one time and then having it appear on 100 job sites. Never mind how much you increase the odds of locating that perfect person for your opening. This is why ZipRecruiter is different and used by thousands of businesses, both small and large. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter locate a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. So you can fill that job in one day. So ZipRecruiter is not only thorough, it's also fast. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of every size to fill the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And it doesn't matter what kind of a job you have. You could have a job as a waitress, a nurse, an IT professional, a negotiator, a salesperson. Doesn't matter what the job is. Uh, you want to get it up on 100 sites so that you have a good field of individuals to choose from. And that's what ZipRecruiter does for you. And I'll tell you something here at the Costa Report. The reason we're able to deliver quality programming like you heard today is simply because we use ZipRecruiter. Right now, listeners can post jobs free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. And that wraps up our first hour I promised listeners that I'd get him on our program, and now we have my guest next week is former Chief Financial Officer of Pixar, Mr. Lawrence Levy. So don't miss Lawrence Levy next week right here on the only program that puts policy ahead of politics. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.